Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. What in the world is going on with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks at this point? Looked like we were looking at Seattle out there for a minute with all that water and all those boats nah, here. Nah, was like, I ain't trying to swim in that. <laughs> Weather's starting to get nice outside, but nobody's well, trying to see the East River. cool, but that stuff is brown and green and all that. <laughs> cool. In Seattle, not things. Cool, not things between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Team-issued season ticket letter written every year. Every team does it. Thanks for your patronage. Blah, 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 blah. Now please send your check here for 2021 season tickets as soon as you can. But this letter was more than notable because it shouted out everyone in the organization, new additions, members of the coaching staff, their bright young talent on both sides of the football, like Jamal Adams on defense and DK Metcalf on offense. But it notably omissed Russell Wilson. Notable omission for Russell Wilson. So, Keith, you just broached the question, and we're going to get into it with a couple of quarterbacks here in New York and what their immediate futures might be. But answer yourself. Answer the question you just posed. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. That's why I posed the question to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like sitting here. I'm like, I wonder, because as you you continue to rattle off names, right? Like Jamal Adams and this and that. A lot of names. Like Jamal Adams hadn't done anything for the organization. A lot of C-listers. No offense. There was a lot of guys regular fans wouldn't even recognize. I mean, yeah, I just wonder why they did it. I would like for them to come out and say, you know what? When we input it in the computer. And it was spit out. We didn't realize that we deleted Russell's name because we were really going to send out a letter just with Russell. But then we I want him to come up with an excuse. Can I give you one distinction? Everybody is tying this to the whole Dak Prescott hype video. It's and it's not I, the it's, same. It's not for one main reason. And I know, Jay, you have a different reason, but there's there's another reason. It's just an obvious trope. It's easy to go there. Just tie these two guys are being disrespected. Blah blah. The difference is this. As you guys have said before, there's a 95% chance that some 22-year-old is sitting in the corner in the basement of this facility yes. and making that video, which is amazing. I, mean, I couldn't make those types of videos, but I'm just saying there's probably a young person out there putting a lot, of, as Key would say, snap, crackle, pop in the video and making it. Well, not that there was a director of programming, but he came out and said the next Correct. day. That- but, but, but what I'm saying is this letter, do you know who wrote this letter? The president of the Seattle Seahawks, not some peon intern in the digital media department. The president of the Seattle Seahawks penned this letter. So to say that it was omitted, there's a little bit of difference between putting it on somebody in the digital video department and the president of the organization. I think there's a huge difference there. I'm just trying to come up with a reason as to why they would do it other than they're showing him that they're in charge. That's an easy way to say, right? Like, we're going to show you that we could do, we can erase you from this damn organization if you continue with your rant. I don't think it's we can erase you. I, I think it's more of a statement about the franchise is bigger than Russell Wilson. Like we are bigger than you. Even though your brand is bigger, it's big, and you, you know, you're with Roger Goodell and other things, like we as an organization are bigger than you. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. But, okay, so if that's the case, then, Jay, why even put – any names on there at all instead of talking about the exciting season that's coming up. Like you said, Zubin, blah, blah, blah. We got this game here. Meanwhile, send in your deposit. Why not just do that? Why list a bunch of dudes that's on the second team, special teamers, new coaches that they can't even find their way around Seattle yet when this in particular person in Russell Wilson is indoctrinated not only in Seattle but in the Pacific Northwest as a whole. He, that, that, that's, you know, if he walks down the street, it's, <gasps> Russell Wilson, uh, that, why do that? What are, you, what are you trying to prove, do, show? 
to Russell Wilson and his family? Like, what are you, what are you doing? But here's my thing. Every time we, we've been talking about this since yesterday, and I've been all over the internet because I constantly am Googling, waiting for the Seahawks to make some kind of statement that's saying that, hey, this is an oversight, we meant to write this, or something like that, waiting for them to have accountability or own it, and there's been nothing that's came out yet. So, obviously, it was done on purpose. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe today, you know how sometimes they do things and they gauge the pulse of what people might say. Let's, maybe, let's see if the national media doesn't recognize probably. that we don't have Russell Wilson's name yeah. in a yeah. statement to our season ticket holders. Maybe, like, maybe it's that. Maybe they say, we're dingling right. out there. Let's see what the pulse is and how people react to it. And then we could send out a calculated statement as to why Zubin didn't, you know, put his Uh-oh. name in there. Zubin's name wasn't in the uh, – No, no, I said – why Zubin didn't put Russell Wilson's name? Oh, I'm just using oh, okay. Zubin as an example. I'm not erasing you no. from the show, so <laughs> don't, don't worry, worry about don't it. Worry. You're good. <laughs> we, we are good friends. So we talked about the reaction. You were talking about the reaction to Russell Wilson. Uh, the reaction, <laughs> of course, when Russell Wilson threw that pass to Malcolm Butler is one of hey. angst for many, including Key. That's our poll Jeez. question this morning. Worst play I've ever seen in sports. Hit us up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Key J and Z on Twitter. Speaking of reaction, so Russell Wilson has sort of made it known that he wants out. Deshaun Watson, another guy with a ton of attention at the quarterback position, has made it known that he wants out. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. is. Russell's taking a little (laughs) bit of the oxygen away. Then the Jets would be one of the places that um, Deshaun would consider. But he's not thinking about that other team in New York, much like the Jets, who have a quarterback quandary of their own. Chris Canty, who is a Super Bowl champion and is one of the co-hosts of DCR, weekday mornings 5 to 8 on our affiliate 98.7 in New York, leading right into KJ and Z, a Super Bowl champion. I want you to listen to this. The first half is a statement you're about to hear is about Daniel Jones. The second half is about Sam Darnold. And you tell me if he's not talking about the same guy twice here. If Daniel Jones continues to turn the football over, if he doesn't show that he's your guy, and you've got to be forced to find another quarterback, I think that's, that's the scenario that nobody that's a fan of Big Blue wants to see happen. Based on the first three years of Sam as a quarterback in the NFL, I don't know how Joe Douglas could potentially pass on taking a quarterback at two. What's the difference between these guys right now? Well, they're, they're di- first of all, the difference is Dave Gettleman likes his quarterback. The general manager of the New York Giants, he likes his quarterback. He's come out and said – He's our guy. The guy's only been playing quarterback for two years, and you want me to judge him based on two years of work? You want to hear from Gettleman real quick? Uh, Sure, why not? Here's Gettleman doubling down on what Key said. Daniel Jones is the dude. What we're doing isn't fantasy football. We're not playing. We're not doing that. You know, we've we've got a conviction on him. He's everything we want. He's got all the physical skills. And, again, I, I, I say this all the time. You know, the, guy, the kid just finished his second year of, of NFL football, all right? How many of us, after two years at our new job, were great? No. We all start at point A, and we hopefully get, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully get to point Z. But the one common denominator is it takes time. Everybody's got to understand that. We're, we believe in Daniel, and that's where it is. And, and, and look. For all the the Dave Gettleman should be gone, and what has he done, blah, blah, blah. He's right, though. This is not fantasy football. The dude has, first of all, his first year, you know, cut down the mistakes his second year, gets hurt. 
He's young. Like it's like instant microwave, put it in there, push the buttons, and we want it right now. Every now and then it's cool to put it on the fire in the stove and turn it on and let it cook. You don't have to do everything so damn fast. Just let it see where it's at. Next year or this year, when the season's over, let's start talking about what he is. Let's start really talking about what he is. I like what I hear David Gettleman saying about Daniel Jones. Because you always say the right thing about your potential future quarterback. But at the same time, (laughs) I'm not – hey, look – if there's some calls we made, I'm going to see what's out there. If that's Deshaun Watson, why not? Because you because why not? Because it cannot Jay, hurt. You're comfortable. I could be comfortable. That's fine. I could be comfortable. Comfortable with your young quarterback. You got a whole bunch of other stuff that you need to address. You need to figure out how to get an O line. Oh, I can, I can go through a lot of the things that the, the, Gi- the Giants and need. You're speaking like a Giant. I am a right Giants now. fan. You speak oh, like I, a Giant fan. I know versus, I am. There are things to to, to be better at, and I can address the O line too. I'm just saying, like it, Deshaun Watson is I a franchise-changing quarterback. I, no and I'm question. not saying Daniel Jones can't be that. I get it. But over the past two years, okay, doesn't mean that I, I'm going to say the right thing about Daniel Jones because he could be our future quarterback, and I want him to stay here. But doesn't mean that I can't still float out the idea to see if I can get a guy like Deshaun Watson behind closed doors. But, behind closed doors is different than what I say to the media. It's different. Buddy. Come if on, you feel, If you feel that this is your quarterback and you are comfortable with him at the quarterback spot because you don't want to give up a haul to go get Deshaun, then why even have the conversation? Because you're going to have to give up so much to get this quarterback. You've only seen your quarterback for basically a season and some change because he was hurt a few games. Why are you jumping and just running out of the door to go get a quarterback? Because I'm a Giants fan, and I've seen him turn the ball over a ton. And it's granted, I haven't seen him play with Saquon Barkley. They both haven't been healthy. Waiting for it's Saquon same to come situation. back. No Saquon, I, no receivers. I, Ingram is not I great just at still tight think end. Deshaun I mean, Watson is a big upgrade over Daniel Jones. No question, he is. It's but I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up five first round picks and everything else. When I don't know what the finished product is yeah, that's what, in my quarterback that's right what, now. That's why I'm not saying anything. Doesn't mean that I can't wait to see what's going to happen eventually with the Texans. Maybe the market dries up. Maybe they it get put in ready. a really tough situation. It ain't getting ready to dry up like that. I will say last thing. I think he made the most instructive point. The bottom line is Well, Dave that's subjective. That's subjective. <laughs> okay. Dave Gettleman. Sustain. You may answer the question, Zubin. Thank you. You may Dave, proceed. Dave Gettleman is not just tied. He's tethered to Daniel Jones, and Joe Douglas in no way is with Sam Darnold. And that's a gigantic qualifier you You have to show uh, put out there. Bayless, get this guy. (laughs) Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive (laughs) Insurance. All of our guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. And a reminder, March is Women's History Month. And, of course, you can put that latest SEC championship along with the 2017 National Championship that Dawn Staley won, legendary college player, Team USA, did everything, now trying to win another chip 
at South Carolina, and we welcome her this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Dawn, I want to ask you a question that I think I've always wanted to ask somebody that's been at the highest level of women's college basketball, especially because this is Women's History Month. And I wonder, I wonder what the answer to this is. Why are there so many? Why are there so few women coaching women's college basketball? Well, it's probably because there's so few women that make the decision of hiring a coach. Uh, um, there are a lot of athletic directors that are that are men, and obviously they have an affinity for who who looks like them and you know who, who they chumming up with. What's up, D? How you doing? What's going on? You you guys didn't mention that I you know I do have a celebrity all star victory. You know, NBA All-Star victory because of Jason. <laughs> we, we got it together. <laughs> we got, hey, I wanted to ask you because I saw you on the sidelines. Um, you know, it, it's so rare, Don, that you see great players become great coaches, right? Uh, and I think that you're, you're both. But you won your sixth SEC tourney. Um, how incredible was a feeling was that for you emotionally? Um, I was actually tired. That was probably the hardest one. Mm. Uh, one, because we had a, we had a young group. Um, two, I, I think we limped into postseason because we dropped a few games at the end of the year. Um, three, we we have been working with our young group to just kind of grit it out, find a way because they're they're really nice. They're like nice young ladies, and you know, I often I asked them early in the season. I was like, you know, I mean, a serious question, like, do you think nice people can win championships. And they looked at me and they were like, yeah. And then we get to, you know, this weekend, or actually you get to the regular season um, where we had a chance to to win um, our regular season championship and we faltered. Um, and then I had to ask a question in the middle of our, um, our, our game, our second game in the SEC tournament, like do now do you really think nice People can win championships, and I'm like, no, you can't. You you have to find some nastiness in you to compete at this level night in and night out. And they found a way to be nasty. I mean, they're really nice, but they found a way to be nasty, to hit first, to continue to hit, and find a way to gut out um, winning a, a championship. And that's I'm, that's a proud moment for me because we're, we're starting to peak at the right time. How difficult was it for you to – help this team find that that nastiness from the beginning, right? Because in a regular season, you have time. Uh, but this season was nothing but a regular season. You know, I, I don't think I, – I find it fairly easy. Like, I, I think I'm a better coach when we lose rather than when we're winning. Um, I think I just – I have a huge chip on my shoulder. And I, I just – I have – I think I can feel people out. I can feel our players out. I can feel what a team needs at a certain time. Um, but losing is the thing that, you know, I get to jolt them back into reality. Because when we're winning, they're not really listening to everything that, that needs to get done. Um, so you won't lose. They're young. They have no idea of the big picture. They're just working day to day. And... I'm just hoping that we can get through without having experienced losses. But if we do, that's when you have to go into, okay, well, what does this team need? What are we missing? Um, 
and it's and it's cool. And sometimes it, it isn't what a coach can give you. Sometimes you have to go outside of your your program. And we did that. We worked with a a, a couple each every each and every year, and we didn't work with them until the end of the season. And they found a way to bring out the best in our players, make them vulnerable. Um, and I, I I just you know I, I tip my hat to those 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 people that do life skills and you know Johnny and Felicia Allen are the people that are go tos. If we didn't have them at the end of the season and doing their their sessions, um, I don't think we win a uh, an SEC tournament championship. Don, what's happening? How you doing? Keyshawn, how you doing? I'm good. Let me ask you this: How unpredictable is this NCAA tournament going to be? I'm very. Uh, I think when you see as many people that have been the number one team in the country uh, for a short period of time, and then you know other teams come up. I mean, parity is very much alive in our game right now, um, and it's a beautiful thing because you can see the talent is spread out. It's not going to just one concentrated um, program. It's a you know, it's all over the place, and you're seeing the talent of you know, so many coaches dealing with uh, this pandemic and how you navigate through it um, because it's more it's more mental than it is physical. And we all know that, you know, the most mentally tough team will will win the national championship. Mm. Last thing for you here, uh, Don, to follow up on your point for a long time, as we've all been watching sports for the longest time, to your point, it was UConn and Tennessee, everybody else, right? Then maybe Stanford's in there, but you said recently Oregon, Oregon State, Baylor has been great under Kim Mulkey forever. You took over a program that traditionally didn't have much before you got there. So if there's another coach out there listening and you're talking about growing the parity in the game, because let's be honest, if two or three teams can win it all, what's the point of watching the regular season or the tournament? Um, but I ask you, if a coach, a young coach is listening and they want to get in, man or a woman, and they're taking over a program that has no tradition because in women's college basketball, many programs lack tradition. What is the checklist of things they need to do? You did it. How does someone do it? Um, I think first and foremost, um, you, you, have to, you have to recruit what you want your majority to be. And if your majority for, for us, um, it is you have to love basketball. You, you got to find players and they must be the majority of your team because you're going to have some some people that um, they're not going to believe what you believe. They're not going to believe in your victory. When we first got to South Carolina, we had, you know, the majority of our team just wanted basketball as a hobby. And I'm just like, oh, we don't we don't mix well. But but I had to figure out how to get them to do what, the little bit we wanted from basketball by giving them what they wanted outside of basketball. So if you, you know, if you're more academically inclined, okay, we're going we're going to cater to this, but you you know you're here for on a basketball scholarship, right? So you're going to have to do do the responsibility of um what it is to be a student athlete. Um so that's part of it. And then for for what we did and I, young coaches that's getting into it is we went after the the big fish. And sometimes you need to you need to get your best B-lister versus going after your A-listers um, and then go with them because you're going to miss out on a lot of A-listers. And then you have some Bs that, 
that want to play for you and want to get down with you, you have to take them and not wait and wait until you, you know, you get to the end of what the A-listers are doing. A lot of times you miss out on it because again, they like going to the most established um, programs around the country. Um, so you do have to do that. And then your staff is, is truly important. You know, we don't have a lot of turnover in our staff. Uh, we stick together. We pay them well. So if you're going to come get them, you're going to have to pay them well. You're going to have to present an opportunity for them to better their situation. Um, and then lastly, in order for you to get players, you have to get parents. You have to build a relationship with parents. And they have to be a part of the entire journey, not just during the recruiting process. Yeah, I spend a great deal of time still talking to parents of our current roster and it makes it flow uh, well because, you know, there's some things that I don't know about their child. They, they spent 18, 19 years with their child. I get them for, you know, one through four years and there are things that I just don't know um, that I'm going to need some help on. And I call on them to help and they, you know, they are readily available to give you the information um, not about playing time. It's just about how they need to function and play at a high level and whatever we can do to make that easier. We do that. All right, Don, it's women, uh, women's history month and we are recognizing women who had influences in our lives. Who had the biggest influence in your life? Oh, oh, by far. I mean, my, my, my late great mother, um, there isn't, you know, I, I, I find myself being, my my mother, like when you're growing up as a child, you're like, Ugh. you know, my mom's getting on my nerves. She's so strict. She's so yeah. disciplined. She's so this or that. And then <laughs> here I am coaching and I hear those same adjectives that describe me. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times it's, it's, it's other, like other student athletes at different universities that are saying, you know, she's too strict. I don't want to go there. She's too strict. And I'm like, you know, young young people want to know that their coach is an alpha. I think I'm an alpha, you know, but I don't I don't play that role all the time. I just play it when I need to play it. Otherwise, we're we're doing this together. So my mother is the person that I spent the most time with. She is my she was my biggest supporter and my worst critic. Um, but she was there to keep me disciplined and um, and I'm forever grateful for her because, you know, I, I'm successful because I have spent a great deal of time and discipline into my my craft, which is the game that I love. Well said. Nobody loves you like your mom. No doubt about it with you the entire way. Dawn, thank you so much. Best of luck here over the next month. Stakes are high. But if history says something. South Carolina's got those. Go get it. Go get a chip, Don. Go get one. Thank you. All right. It's Don Staley. He's the best. Great college player. Like I said, Team USA, great college coach. And we Brilliant mind. Had her on Brilliant today. Mind. Yeah, honoring Women's History Month. And I think, like a lot of people, she answered that question with mom. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people would answer that question. On the way, mm-hmm. the question facing the 49ers, can you get to where you want to be if Jimmy G's your quarterback? Our 49ers expert oh, on the way. That's probably the second biggest question, right? Oh. After Jay, is this from O'Reilly Auto Parts? Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking key? Yours typically are. 
Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windows. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you navigate their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts will even install your wiper blades free of charge. Zubin loves that. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey guys, it's Kimberly A. Martin, NFL reporter and co-host of the First Take, Her Take podcast. The woman who had the most impact on my life is my Auntie Ingrid. Before Robin Roberts, there was Auntie Ingrid. She was the original boss lady. She was self-sufficient, successful in business, owned her own home in her 20s. I, as a kid, just loved her and wanted to emulate her. So there's no chance that I would be where I am today without her influence. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And before we get to Nick Wagner, this is a good inf- piece of information for Nick as well. He's our 49ers reporter, Adam Schefter and Dan Graziano, uh, or as uh, he would call them, uh, Shefty and Grazi. <laughs> Adam Schefter and Dan Graziano have combined this morning to announce and break the news that the NFL has officially set the 2021 salary cap at $182.5 million per team. That's the cap, 182.5. If you're looking for context, last year, coronavirus-induced pandemic, lowering revenues last year it was 198.2 now it's 182.5 see when we were talking about them signing Dak I kept saying you know the number was coming in at 180 I was like well they got to see what if it comes in at 179 or 182 that two two and a half million dollars goes a long ways for a team no doubt you can sign all type of players (laughs) nearly 20 million dollars of difference between last year and this year and of course almost all of that can be put on the pandemic and not seeing full stadiums Anywhere. Meanwhile, we'll do a deal for two hundred billion. <laughs> right. The league with the TV networks Oop, goes right back up. No doubt about it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Nick, on the Goodyear Hotline. Nick, good morning. All right, so let's get right to it. Best case, worst case for the San Francisco Forty ers What is the best case scenario this off season for the Niners? Yeah, I, I think the the number one thing, and I know other other people have probably said something similar, is that the, the Houston Texans detra- decide to to trade Deshaun Watson, and that uh, the Forty ers are a team that he chooses to go to. And I think the Niners are in a rough spot in terms of trying to compete 
with other teams that might be trying to acquire him if the Texans make him available. But he's the one guy, and the Niners have said all along the only way they're moving off from Jimmy Garoppolo is if there is a clear upgrade uh, to be had. He is the one guy that absolutely fits that bill. Um, he would be dynamic in Kyle Shanahan's offense, bring a couple elements that they currently don't have that could kind of elevate that offense to another level. So if there was a scenario in play where the Texans traded him, Deshaun Watson you know, used that no-trade clause to kind of steer his way to a place like this where the cost wouldn't include guys like Nick Bosa, you know, Fred Warner, and I know the Niners probably would consider moving those guys, but obviously would prefer not to if it was just draft picks. I think they would be more likely to be in the game that way. But more realistically, I think that the big thing for the 49ers is uh, trying to bolster the quarterback spots behind Garoppolo, uh, bring Trent Williams back, their left tackle. That is certainly their number one priority amongst their own guys. And then a few other guys that they really want to keep Guys like Jason Verrett, Kaywan Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, all near the top of that list. So if they could get a lot of that stuff done uh, and then have a good draft, and the biggest thing for them, get healthy and stay healthy this offseason, uh, that, that would be kind of the ideal realistic scenario for them. And what's the worst-case scenario for the 49ers? Yeah, the worst-case scenario is that, uh, first, they continue to have trouble with these injuries, guys not getting back to full strength, and, and, and guys also uh, lose, getting hurt again, but – uh, I think losing Trent Williams would set off a domino effect that would make it very difficult for them to recover from because they already have holes on the offensive line at center and right guard. If you lose your left tackle, now you've got three holes to fill. You don't have a ton of cap space, although you would have a, a big chunk of money that you could spend elsewhere to, to fill that, but you're not going to get a guy as good as Trent Williams at left tackle, and then you're going to be kind of trying to figure out what to do at center and right guard. And the other one, guys, that's interesting to keep an eye on is D Ford, the defensive end. Uh, he didn't play most of last season with, with a back issue. They don't really know what his situation is going to be, and they can't just cut him because he has injury guarantees. So if he can't pass a physical, they can't just cut him. And so that's another uh, big piece of business that they're going to have to figure out and see if either he can come back and contribute or figure out what to do mm-hmm. with his concept. Nick, question for you. Why didn't they tag Trent Williams? Uh, they couldn't, Jay. Uh, so when when Trent Williams got traded to the 49ers, they negotiated uh, into his agreement to come here, basically, that he could not be tagged. So the 49ers didn't have that option. And part of that, Jay, too, was last year he agreed to play. Uh, his deal was, uh, I think, about $13, $14 million, which is basically exactly what the franchise tag number for this year would have been so he kind of almost played they, they viewed it almost as like he played on the tag last year and then this year he's going to get the opportunity to hit the market and, and see what's out there very rarely do you see an elite left tackle like that hit the open market so i expect his price to be very very high yeah we'll see what happens they got a ton of work to do imagine i mean this this team was in the super bowl 13 months ago I mean, what are we talking about but it's amazing just how <laughs> much can change in that span of time nick thank you very much you got it guys take care mm-hmm. okay Thanks, Let's just state it, Key. You've said it before. It's been said again. I mean, January of 2020, (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo completes one pass. Emmanuel Sanders gets underneath that thing. Suddenly we're talking about the 49ers. Suddenly it's like, is he the next Steve Young? Is he the next Joe Montana? It's the next great 49ers quarterback. Instead, it's it's a guy. It's amazing. Like, one catch, one pass. It's this franchise. It's this position. I get it. Is is this the guy you're going to go ahead with? He had to, he had an opportunity to change the narrative based on the two games prior against Minnesota and Green Bay or, or yeah Minnesota and Green Bay where they decided to take the ball out of his hands and pound it on the ground to get to the Super Bowl. He missed that target. He has to stay healthy. You're also worried about the health. 
right? Because he's been banged up in and out. Unfortunate, had an ACL, but that was unfortunate. Right. And, he's and, running and so, out of bounds when he got that. Yeah, and play. so but when you look at it, it's like, do you really trust him to be the guy that could hit a play or two like I always talk about? We're going to play defense with Bosa and, and, and Buckner and, and, and what we have and Ken Law and those guys, and we're going to shore up the secondary, and we're going to run the hell out of the football. Mm-hmm. We're going to play Tampa Bay Buccaneer John Lynch-style football, and then we're going to take a shot or two. Can he complete the shot or two to give you faith that he can get you to the Super Bowl? If you believe that, then he's the guy. If there's somebody out there, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, other than that, everybody else is pretty much the same. Everybody's pretty much the same, so you might as well roll it back. So we'll see what happens. That's the big question. That is the big question. What are you guys doing? Sign language over there? What's going on? <laughs> no, I just said. <laughs> I wasn't going. asking him a question. Okay. <laughs> Here's the question. Before I let you go, Uh-oh. remember that win that was supposed to be the win forever afterglow? Nothing could top this. I can die happy. Well, that lasted about five years. More on that after Key has this from CVS. At CVS, we look for savings for you from coupons, insurance coverage, to lower cost options. Earn up to $50 in extra bucks each year just for filling prescriptions. Come in or call today for a free prescription savings review at CVS. The healthier, made easier. Savings vary. Not all patients eligible for savings. Ask pharmacists for details. Wednesday with Greeny, we're still looking back on Dak Prescott signing the richest deal in Cowboys history, and we'll talk to another Cowboy legend, Moose Johnston, with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. This will be a quick one here. Um, and then we're going to get back to the story of the morning in the NBA. A story the NBA probably doesn't want to talk about, but we'll talk about it here. Let's talk about one thing about Major League Baseball real quick. It doesn't take you long to remember. Think back to when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016. That epic seven-game series win over the Cleveland Indians to finally get them their first championship since 19. 19- Oh, eight. Everybody remembers it well. Everything the Cubs had to do to wait to get to that point and all these stories about how there were generations of Cubs fans and after Bartman and if we can only get this thing done. And I grew up in whatever corner of the country and I watched the Cubs on WGN in the afternoon every day during the summer. I mean, there are so many of these people and so many of these stories that we did in 2016 after the 108 year wait came to an end. And almost all of them said the same thing. Man, 
you'll never wipe the smile off my face again. I am, I mean, I am so happy the Cubs never have to do a thing again for me. Hmm. Well, that forever lasted about five years because there are a lot of angry Cubs fans right now. The team is in a huge hole financially. And Chris Bryant, among their biggest superstars, has been very unhappy with the organization. And there's a lot of people that believe after the departure of Theo Epstein that this is a team that because of their financial limitations and it's not a feel-good story, lovable losers anymore, that this is a team that is set to go into a little bit of a downturn. Remember, in the five years Joe Madden was the manager, they made the playoffs four times and, of course, won the World Series. Everyone said, Jay, and you know this city well, Chicago guy, Mm -hmm. everyone said that is going to be enough. And now fans are already saying, a half decade later, after that supposed, I'll never say anything negative again, five years later, they are so down on the Chicago Cubs. It's unbelievable. <laughs> with the oh, You're you watching the highlights? I was watching the highlight. I'm sorry about that. I was looking at the highlight. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they, they got their chip, right? They won their chip. They got it. But Theo Epstein left them in a bad They're position, strapped. I feel like, right? Because of the way they're money and, and, and all those sort of things. And he didn't necessarily replenish the talent. And I know he's probably going to go down in history as the greatest, you know, personnel general manager yes. in baseball. Yes. But he did leave them for dead. Remember, he helped snap the Red Sox 86-year drought and the Cubs 108-year drought. So that does say something. Uh, well, you were, you were staring. I was waiting for you to say something. But. Well, I was trying to see what if it was a bad highlight, but, you know. So that's the deal. All right, too much baseball talk anyway. No, so it's not. No, it's <laughs> fine. I love baseball. I love baseball. It's great. So here's a story we need to discuss before we leave today. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Mike Greenberg follows on many of these ESPN radio stations today. Mike is going to have on the former Cowboy great Daryl Johnston, Moose Johnston from Fox Sports. And we will have him on Friday on the program, obviously, get his reaction to Dak. But that's with Mike coming up at the top of the hour on many of these ESPN radio stations. I want to dig into this story one more time. If you haven't heard today, it's happened yesterday. Myers Leonard, a reserve center for the Miami Heat, is going to be, quote, away from the team indefinitely because of his use of an anti-Semitic slur that he used while playing Call of Duty Warzone yesterday on a public live stream, Twitch, and the Heat vehemently condemns his actions. The Anti-Defamation League, his, the ADL as they call it, have weighed in as well. The NBA is going to have an investigation as they continue to gather information. I will say from Leonard's perspective, he said he was, quote, deeply sorry uh, for the ignorance. Um, he probably isn't going to play the rest of the year, but the NBA second half begins tonight. He probably won't have to deal with it, face it at arenas, because he does have a shoulder injury. He's only limited to three games this year. So that's the story. That's the statement from the Heat, the NBA, and the apology from Myers Leonard. Yeah, but that apology, I guess, you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. And and so now you you are issuing an apology because you have to. But the way that I look at it, do you really feel that way? Do you really feel sorry and hurtful for what you said? Because it rolled off the tongue, man. You just don't automatically come up with that out of thin air and go, oh, this is something that in my experience is learned when you start acting that way jet it's learned that's from the household that's from you in the past you i don't care if it's something that you learned at your home or you with your boys you've said this many times over i don't give a damn what nobody say it's not it's not oh he's playing a video game it just came out well you playing a video game they're shooting guns at people call of duty 
is what you're sitting down playing. And it's, it's, yeah, of course it's, it's stupid. It's insensitive. It makes no sense. It's ugly. All of those sort of things. And yes, he should be punished for it. Yes, he should. But why do we have to always continue to deal with this sort of stuff? Every single, it feels like every, it's like at least once every two weeks that there's somebody saying something stupid that we have to wind up addressing and trying to figure out where their minds are at. I, I don't know. It, it is learned behavior. You're exactly right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's, I haven't played Call of Duty in a long time. I obviously have a kid and I, don't, I can't do it all the time. But I used to play Call of Duty back in the day and they used to have you over in Germany, right? Going against the Nazis. Like, so like, it's also like the visual of seeing him shoot at people and then utilizing that reference. Um, that's going to be ingrained in my mind. And, and, and people are going to you know, also say, well, I know that his brother is part of the Marine Corps, right? Mm-hmm. And that he chose to stand for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And he's probably worked that out with teammates about the reasoning why, even though the, the initial uh, thrust of why people were kneeling for the national anthem wasn't to be disrespectful to people that have fought for our country and sacrificed their lives. Absolutely. But it's about the injustices that are happening within our country, the same rights that those people fought for and died for, right? Uh, that we weren't doing a good job holding those things solid. So I, I think it's all that now where you're starting to say, like, all right, Myers, like, do you take this stuff seriously? Because obviously not. Well, you, and in a blanket statement that you come out to the press with, like, that's not heartfelt. Well, it started off by him while the rest of his teammates and a lot of people in sports was kneeling down. He chose to stand, whatever, flag, whatever, whatever he said, his teammates decided to say, okay, we, we just, you know, if that's what he wants to do, fine. But then this one, and you rap like you said, now you rap that and this together. Mm-mm. Now, I got a lot of Jewish friends, tons of them, and, we, and, and they've educated me on their pain, just like being black in America, I had to educate them on our pain. And having conversations with our producer, who happens to be Jewish, has enlightened me on exactly. Evan, where are you? Yeah, well, the one it thing- has enlightened me exactly on what and how hurtful that word that he used is. You got the final well, minute. Evan. Yeah, well, the one thing you said that that you said is it's a learned behavior. Where is he learning this behavior? Because this isn't a word that's out there. This isn't a word that's used. In everyday life, like I, I said this earlier, like I've heard this word maybe seven times in my life before yesterday. And one of those times when my dad explained to me what the word meant. And and it goes back to, to Germany when when Jew, German Jews would call Jews coming from other parts of Europe to Germany this word. So it was used by Jews against Jews. That's what makes this word so hurtful and and so much bigger than than most slurs that we hear. Well, they're doing the right thing in the NBA and the Miami Heat, and he's stupid. I said it. Just stupid. And the owners of your team are from Israel. Just have why. NBA season, to take the topic off of this, the NBA is probably relieved. The season starts tonight with two games, 11 tomorrow. Greeny next with Moose Johnson. See you tomorrow.